0: Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk number 257, uh, recording today on Wednesday the 29th of February, this is a leap year Wednesday and I've been looking it up, it's going to be not until the two thousand and forty. That we get another opportunity to have such a splendiferous and uh, unusual recording, and uh, well, such an occasion as this. So, I'd just like to say, you know, we're we're I'm honoured to be joined by my two par- tar- participants, uh, who I will switch to here, There's Gaz Williams and Dave Spears. There we go. Uh, we'll we'll start with um, with you, Dave, because we haven't had you for a little while. How are you doing, Dave Spears? G4software.com, and uh, I'm all there right. he is.
1: Yeah. Considering it's a leap, yeah, I'm all right. I didn't even know that until this morning. I looked, I was looking at some people, some mates' Facebook. It turns out, his one, his wife proposed to him today a few years ago, and the other one, it's their wedding anniversary. So there you go. Really? Yeah.
0: So, Thought it was quite interesting. So I was trying to figure out whether there are any other exciting um, moments uh, in you know in terms of. Uh, leap yearness but i couldn't really i couldn't really get anything all that exciting i think the best i could manage was um uh sir james wilson the Feb, the the uh premier of tasmania 1812 to 1880 both was born and died on february the 29th which i suppose is a pretty uh, it's a pretty amazing um assumption isn't it really i mean that that's that's not something that's likely to happen yeah Mm. very often in fact he's the only person that we could find <laughs> i'm struggling here gaz gaz williams songsurgeon.co.uk let's give you a lower third there ah. how are you
2: yeah good i'm uh, actually really happy and excited at the moment i uh, I've had a really wonderful thing today. I can't talk about it. Hopefully I can talk about it next week. I really hope I can. It's like the biggest thing in my career to date. So um, really exciting. Really, really exciting. Just at the nick of time as well. So um, I'm thrilled a bit. So I'll talk about that. I hope I can talk about it next week. I need to oh, find out wow. just the, the politics of that. I'm already condemning it somewhat by yeah, talking no, about just, it in just, this
0: vague way. But, I, um, I know the feeling. That happens to me all the time. In fact, yeah. uh, I can't think of the last time I talked to something and it actually came true. Yeah. But but I'm sure it's different for you.
2: Oh, I'm so excited, Nick. It's such a it's such a good one. Um, Excellent. So, uh, I'll talk, yeah, hopefully I can, I can announce it next week, or certainly soon anyway.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Mm. Okay, well, we'll look forward to that. Um, anyway, let's get back to there. Let me see. Um, <laughs> Um. No, I'm just making sure what we got. Ah, this this was quite cool. I think I'll play this now. Lovely. That was the, in fact, the sound of the TH sex, THX ident, which was a kind of. Um, for a very long time it 's been the kind of movie sound standard isn 't it and it 's kind of what was it was it like precursor to five one It was some kind of surround thing wasn 't it i can 't remember which but it 's very interesting um because there 's a bit if I switch to this it's Tom Whitwell on his old music thing blog um, basically uh, interviewed the guy called Andy Mora, who is the bloke who kind of came up with it and there 's some just some great quotes and some great things of that uh, so Dave, I'm going to ask you, what do you think was used to make that? It sounds a bit like your Obie, doesn't it? Kind of doing that sort of dribbly eight voices all coming together in in a final chord thing. But I'm suspecting um, there's more to it than that. What did you you think?
1: I read it. I read all about this, didn't I? Did you send the link? Yes, you did send the link through. Sorry, I'm a bit weirded out today. Um, It was brilliant. And the fact, in fact, it was funny because I sent it to John because obviously this was all done in software, wasn't it? A million years ago.
0: Yeah, it's uh, there's lots of because uh, we all there was speculation um, that it was the CS80, the Synclavier, and uh, Tom Whitwell has actually what he did is he uh, some time back now emailed Andy Mora to ask how it was actually made, and the short answer was. Uh, it was on a big ass mainframe computer at Lucasfilm. Yeah. A <laughs> so massive, a massive big, great big computer at Lucasfilm. There's lots of interesting tales to go about this, but there, there, there's elements to the story which kind of are just continual truisms, which is fantastic. Um, let me see. Um, th- there was also speculation that this might have been the most played or most recognizable sound, even though you might not recognize it again when you heard it. It's not like the boot up of it, it's sort of like the boot. It was playing. Every once every 20 seconds, maybe 4,000 times a day at cinemas around the world. Um, apparently, it took about four days to program and uh, debug the thing.
1: Yeah, 20,000 lines of code. There's some great stuff in here. Let me see
0: if I can answer that.
1: Uh, And, um, in fact, John said that he thought he immediately this guy and him, uh, he immediately became his hero when he found out that in the 70s, he was working at IRCAM in Paris studying speech synthesis and ballet. Well, That's a good combination for you.
0: That's an interesting concept. I think he's a pretty interesting um, bloke all round, actually, um, Andy Mora. Um, uh, James Andy Mora, I think he was called uh, Actual, his, Dr. James.
1: It's a really fascinating piece. Actually, all these pieces were brilliant.
0: Mm. Well, that's, a pro- that's what happens when you get a proper journalist doing stuff, isn't it? Obviously, Tom Whitwell, uh, the guy who uh, was on Music Blog, Music Thing blog is now uh, – he works for the Times, doesn't he? So he's proper. He's a proper uh, journalist.
2: Okay. Music Thing, I really miss it. It was such a great blog, wasn't it? It was really full of really great articles, and I really used to like that a lot. I was very sad to see that come to an end. That's quite a while now, isn't it? About three – years four
0: years maybe yeah you got a proper job well I, mm-hmm. I, i'm pretty sure i used to use it as a source for um podcast topics from time to time and it's good that even from beyond the grave it's still yeah. a rich vein of material is still there uh, i should yeah. credit the guy who sent me the link in which i f- neglected to do actually so um, i will i'll put that in the show notes but thank you very much for sending that in and mentioning it because it's a quite an interesting piece well
2: it's part it's part of a five- there's five articles, isn't there, all about sort of mini, mini little pieces of identifiable music, and all, all five entries are well worth a read.
0: Ah, well, we'll check that. Uh, yes, what does it say? The score consists of about 20,000 lines of code. The output is, of this program is not the sound itself, but the sequence parameters that drives the oscillators on the audio... Uh, the asp machine uh, that's 20,000 lines of code produces about 250,000 lines of statement in of the set form set frequency oscillator x to y hertz and um he got them all sort of drifting up there's some brilliant tales of this um some months after what was it he said uh <laughs> We went to sync the sound up with the video, which I hadn't seen yet, because he was told just to kind of make something that kind of came out of nowhere. We discovered the timings were all different. Kel surprise, you know, that's one of those sound design things. I readjusted the time, generated a new score, and in ten minutes we had the the sound synced up. And the other thing was, uh, this is another excellent piece of uh, terrible terrible management, some, new, some months after the piece was finished, along with The Return of the Jedi, they lost the original recording. I recre- recreated the piece for them, but they kept complaining it didn't sound the same. <laughs> Since my random number generators were key to the time and date. I couldn't reduce the, reduce, reproduce the score of the performance they liked. He finally found the original version, and everybody was happy.
1: It's Thank amazing. goodness for that. It's amazing. That Absolutely is amazing. Isn't it? Well, it would have sounded better if it was analog.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> it doesn't you, sound
1: anything like the real thing, does it?
0: Well, maybe not. It's it's just a brilliant. Um, it's just a brilliant piece of uh, just general. You know brilliant ism and nobody really knew i mean this was the, the tom wrote him an email some time back and you know this was actually the first time it had been properly uh kind of documented and where it came from you know so it's quite an interesting piece altogether
1: and the saddest thing about the machine being decommissioned and oh, sold for yeah, scrap
0: well, that's right yeah what's it um, i've read that yeah uh, the asp here we go i've got that here in 1986 the asp was decommissioned and sold for scrap that is, I mean, it's got everything right there, hasn't it? It's got, you know, obsolete technology, um, <laughs> difficult directors who don't explain what they want properly and didn't give you the right timings or the right edit to work to. It's got, you know, it's got a little bit of everything in there, hasn't it, really? It's perfect.
1: And I love the fact that so many people are trying to dissect that audio and work out where it came from. And it was actually a bespoke piece of code.
0: Yeah, no, that is pretty funny, isn't it? That it took four days to write in, in in C, that's oh god! That I mean, I wonder how you kind of convert what you've got in your head into to mass like that. I suppose I think what he did is he just fed all these things in and then they just all moved together to the final chord in a kind of random fashion. So it created that sort of polyphonic sort of vibe, didn't it? That was just just worked really nicely. I thought very
1: good as well. Didn't hasn't Diego done the kind of latest? Didn't didn't he do the DTS signature? Yeah.
0: He did, didn't he? Um, mm. I should have that. Uh, I should have that somewhere to hand, but I don't have it immediately. Mm. Um, but yeah, it does sound so analog because of all that sort of drifting, and just it's
1: a very cool gig to get. Mm.
0: But I mean, you've done a lot of. You know, do, have you ever had that situation where yourself, where just just to create a sound, it's really quite difficult to create a yeah. very very short signature sound. I think I had to do one many years back for like a a, a multimedia sting for Apple that was tied to an animation and it all had to tie together and it was just really difficult because it's so it's over so quickly and then as soon as you start analyzing it it becomes
1: there just... was a really good one uh, one of these five was Eno obviously in the Windows 95 thing where he talked about you know how he's got so used to working in kind of microseconds that when he finally went back to producing songs it was like this sort of oceanic expanse <laughs> of space and time that you could do things in That is quite funny. But, yeah, no, I did a thing with Dave Gamson actually, years and years ago for CW Network in America. I don't know whether it ever came out, but that was, you know, again, very, very limited. Really fascinating. It's a nice discipline, actually.
0: Yeah, interesting. Gaz, you ever had to do anything like that?
2: I had to do a, uh, I think it was a, well, it was a bit longer. It was about a 12-second thing for a little, um, a little, interstitial in a an award ceremony in a te- television awards thing in wales um and uh yeah it's very challenging that was sort of um you know because uh, that thing had to be repeated many many times so it's trying to kind of make something that's not too irritating as well you know um
1: i find that the uh, hardest thing
2: yeah because working on it, it's incredibly irritating <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <Okay. laughs> so did you get a lot of uh input from the creative director or were you allowed to kind of pretty much just do as you wished?
2: No, lots of input. Um, Was it helpful? I, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, they want all this, all these, they're throwing all these adjectives at you and sort of, you know, how, how can you translate that into sort of a few bleeps and bloops? You know, it's, um, well, yeah, it's kind of helpful in a way. It's given you a little bit of a, um, An area to work within Um, But I made many 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 of them Before they accepted one really Sort of uh, uh, Or lots and lots of revisions of it Um, And uh, Yeah uh, I haven't got it now. I'd play it to you, otherwise.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened to mine. I mean, I, you know, I've tried to do. I, I think we've probably talked about this before. You know, doing short ones just for little stings and things on you know our front and back end of videos. And there used to be a load of stuff that I used to intersperse in the podcast when I first started editing. That uh, uh, Simon Power from MeOnSound.com, um, brilliant sound designer. He did a lot of our. Uh, he did all the uh, top twenty videos, the top twenty synths, and all that kind of stuff. And he presented. He does a lot of things for radio and so he gave me all these little edit and snippets and I used to put them liberally in amongst the show and then it, when I realised it was taking me so long to edit every night, I just thought, you know what, I'll just rely on my raw, well, my panel's raw charisma to keep the whole thing going. It doesn't need that sort of commercial radio edit, does it? No, they said. It certainly doesn't. <laughs> anyway that was um something from the music thing blog i will try and remember who uh i'll, I'll dig it out um who who sent it in because i much appreciate that and uh as ever if anybody's got any topics they'd like us to take a look at or just things that we wanted to bring to attention just drop us an email or twitter or anything like that and we'll uh we'll endeavor to get it in the show because um frankly i'm struggling for topics sometimes so it's always <laughs> good to have uh have more things lying around that we can use definitely mm. um Ah, let's see. Oh, this is this this looks interesting too. I'll fast forward this a little bit. It's great that this is something called Pulse Controller. And what is this little piezoelectric pickup, uh, which you can see here, uh, which is like it looks a bit like um, the end of a stethoscope. Hmm. And a bit of software that translates the triggering and sets the sensitivity and turns it into kind of what you want to send. And you can send all sorts of things like um, uh, fixed notes or random notes in various scales, uh, all sorts of presets, and you can choke and note lengths. And it just. And it's a brilliant little demo, and it just struck me because, you know, always tapping on tables and fiddling about and stuff. And it's what a bloody brilliant idea. It reminds me a little bit of that Korg, the little Korg mini, wave wave drum mini, but sort of more useful because it just goes straight to
1: MIDI. And um, it's only 59 bucks.
0: Going to get one, Dave?
1: Yeah. I wish I'd had this when I was a kid. I could have irritated the crap out of everybody I knew. (laughs) That whole drummer syndrome, tapping everything on the table to your point where your parents are going, will you please stop that? Uh, This would have been
0: even better because it made a noise. Well, you Uh, probably would have had
1: headphones, wouldn't you?
0: But yeah, it's good, isn't it?
1: I really 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 like this. In fact, I, as soon as I saw it I was like, ah, oh, really clever. I'm not entirely sure how did that melodic stuff work? Well, I, if I look, if you look
0: here, um I'll try and uh, get that uh, well you can't see that, but there is actually a uh, note generation and enables you to set a fixed MIDI note. So you just type a MIDI note number or you can have random MIDI, MIDI random MIDI notes with uh, what looks like scale settings uh root pitch octave and octave width so it'll just sequence through various steps of um, uh notes so you just play but what really struck me was the dynamics of it it was really quite it it was very very dynamic wasn't it in the same way that anything when you play with your hands like that drum with your hands it, it can be so um so much easier because there's nothing in between you and
1: it i suppose Oh. Yeah, I mean, I love that idea of you know flams between different fingers and stuff like that. There's all sorts of little oh, tricks yeah. you can use. Absolutely, I'd lo- I'd really really love to try it out. Actually, when when is it out?
0: Well, uh, it's going it? to be out. Well, the thing is, it's out now. But um, I seem to remember he's uh, he's he's basically uh, if I click on the buy button, I think it basically says if I go here, please note. Uh, Due to high demand, new orders will begin shipping the week of March the 5th. So he's obviously had a lot of interest in it, which is brilliant, I think. Cool, uh, um, Gaz, I think hmm. you'd
2: probably like one of these, wouldn't you? It's pretty cool. I mean... It uh, doesn't work with an iPad, though, I'm afraid. Uh, it's only going to be the one trigger sound, though, isn't it? So, you know, it's a little bit... You know, it's, which you can kind of understand from the, the, the technical limitation of it in a way that, you know... What you're going to be triggering is always—it's only like the one sound. It's not going to be able to differentiate between different uh, different hits to trigger two sounds at the same time, for instance. So, is it not? Uh, I don't see why not? not.
0: I mean, I don't see why it couldn't. Because I mean, ultimately, you could map if that bit of software control. If I go back to the actual thing, there's no reason why in a new version it couldn't just end up with kind of, you know at certain velocities it triggers one note and at others another one i mean i'm sure you could you know you could get it to do that it wouldn't take a, a, you know a, a genius at programming
2: no, um, but okay. not yet
0: you're right it yeah. doesn't it doesn't at the moment
2: um there is a little app you can get for the iphone which is called table drummer and uh and that's got four drums and then you sort of hold you press and hold one of the drums and then you tap something and then you do it for all four, and it sort of identifies the actual. Uh, so if you if you tap on things which have got a different sound, then you can then trigger. Uh, you know, so like say the hi hat, maybe you sort of would like um tap your thigh, and then for the kick drum, maybe tap the table, and it sort of it's able to sort of um, detect the kind of inherent pitch of those sounds. Uh, but it is. Rubbish.
0: Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> isn't there something? Isn't there something that um, Drumagog do? Something like that, don't they? The people who do Drumagog, who the people who are doing the new Aria uh, Wave Machine Labs, Machine Wave Labs, they do Drumagog, which has similar kind of triggering potential. It just has lots of parameters around uh, audio triggering to MIDI, and you, the plugin has different sounds. So it's a similar thing. But I mean, this just—it was just brilliant demos. Like, oh yeah, that's bloody obvious, isn't it? I mean, and also the way that you can clip it onto the back of your laptop and just tap tap the laptop and all sorts. Of, just seems like a kind of pretty cool thing. Mm. Uh, I just want to say hi to uh, Failed Muso in the chat room because uh, he's just got back from having root canal work. There we go. Oh, oh. <laughs> £30 lighter and root canal better off. Uh, I hope you're feeling all right, uh, Rob. Um, at least you're here. I can't tell whether your face is swollen, but <laughs> I just wanted to say I hope you're feeling all right. Never, never yeah, pleasant yeah, yeah. to have that. Um, but this looks really cool. I mean, he's, I'm guessing the problem we're going to, he might bump into with this is going to be a scale of econ- you know, scale of uh, manufacture. Because it looks like, you know, out of all of us who said, oh, yeah, I'll have one, that's, that's a hundred percent hit, right? So God knows how many views he's had on that thing. And I imagine 90% of those people go, yeah, I want that. So it's going to be quite a, uh, a challenging uh, manufacturer run, I'd imagine, for
1: him. Cool. Which is a
0: a good problem to have, really, as long as you're not um, peeing off all your uh, all your people.
2: Do you think it's? A, do you think the actual microphone is? That's not a bespoke thing. Is that something that's already existing? It's like a microphone. It's like a little piezo microphone in a, with a little suction cup, isn't it? So I don't know if that if he's actually trying to get that manufactured or if that's if he's just buying uh, something. That, I don't that works. know. Actually,
0: that's a good point. I mean, I, I'd have to have to get it. I mean, maybe it's something that you could buy already. I mean, it would make sense that you would have a pizza and something that had a sticker on it, just mm. purely because you might use that for. You know, it's things like in engineering for listening to engine rattle and stuff, mm. isn't it? I mean, there's all sorts of applications, and PTOs are pretty cheap, generally, aren't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. And and, and I guess this is also going to work depending on how low la- your latency. You're gonna yeah. Get. You know, that's key. that's going to be the kind of key. Yeah, the key to it being a really enjoyable experience. So it's got to be, you know, kind of. Yeah. Nice no, and well, snappy. that's true. Uh,
0: it based in sort of max MSP translation which always makes you think ooh, but i mean it may you know may not be that much of a problem but that means it's at the moment it's only mac um, mm. which is a shame but uh, i think we might be able to you know obviously if he sells more than he expected then mm. maybe that's something it that could be worked on because i'm sure that the, the inherent software device yeah. in it is not going to be that hard it's just transmitting you know dynamic to velocity and then the rest is translation
2: I think the thing in the uh the demo which is in the video that you see which is nice though is he gets that really nice triplety kind of vibe which you know which is really hard i find it really hard to try and get that on uh, trigger pads and stuff so you know uh, well that's
0: that's a very good point i mean that's the thing the, that that retriggering and that whole kind of uh feeling of um you know bit dexterity is very mm. difficult to get on on uh, other units. So yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I don't know what he was running it on. You know, maybe it was a kind of you know, twelve-core Mac Pro or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I I I've had an update that I should be getting my Cuneo fairly soon as well. So oh, I will really? kind of report about that i'm very keen to see how well that is how sensitive that's going to be in the the pad department i mean uh, as you often mention the uh the cork pad control which i've got here has got um really really nice uh incredibly sensitive and satisfying pads to play on uh, so we'll see how well lacunio compares oh did,
0: did you sell that and get it back I thought you'd flogged I, that.
2: I was going to sell it, and I—it's I, such a big part of my workflow uh, for a whole bunch of reasons, not just um, not just drum triggering. I use it for all sorts of things. Uh, that I realised I needed it, so I'm clinging on to it until I get the Cuneo, and then we'll see if the
0: Cuneo—I've
2: um, got—I've uh, got a KMI
0: twelve it. step here that I'm uh, getting around to, it's, it, which is interesting as well. So I'm having trouble finding the right pair of shoes to wear to get at all of the buttons it's actually quite you know and if you don't wear any shoes your foot kind of goes over the bit that you're supposed to so to put the ball of your foot on it it's almost like the, the your, your toes are touching some other thing but anyway that's another matter i'll get around to that fairly soon <laughs> uh, i digress
2: Yeah, <coughs> Excuse but, me. Uh, but, but yeah coming back to this uh to, to this device you know if you can get that real nice human rhythm which he really seems to do that in the video then that does actually make it quite a valid and you know valuable production tool so yeah thumbs up from me
0: yeah definitely so uh orders being placed all around then eh, dave
1: <laughs> yes yeah, good excellent good.
0: right um i think now it might be a, a, a pertinent time to have a word from our sponsors because uh, after that we'll be getting on to some more exciting topics so, I want to say thank you very much to Yamaha for their sponsorship of the show. Uh, what we're looking at here, if you're watching the video, is uh, the beautiful imagery of the Yamaha. O1V96i, which is the sort of latest incarnation of their compact digital mixer. Uh, We're talking 16 in, 16 out on USB 2, so you can use it for recording and audio streaming. Uh, Refined studio quality head amps, which are the same uh, as in the latest Steinberg interfaces, which I know that PJ, one of our uh, regular panellists, has been raving about in terms of how it max uh, uh, compares to much more expensive units. Uh, Full suite of VCM effects, because it's actually got um, DSP on board that can be assigned to Sort of modeled uh, vintage uh, effects, master strip, channel strip, vintage stomp effects, revx reverbs, 40 mixing channels in total, 32 mono, 4 stereo, 16 analog and 8 digital inputs, 8 channel ADAT IO optical interface. That is a standard, so you don't have to use your YGDIA expansion slot which you've also got for additional io uh, options 24-bit 96k adda converters eight auxiliaries eight buses 100 millimeter motorized faders four effects simultaneously each mono channel performs four band eq god I, i'm just there's just so much of it it's kind of hard to get around we're going to try and get one in for um for appraisal because i would like to check it out particularly the Mycamps, and see how it compares to my uh, dm1000 which is what we run the entire system on here at the moment Cubase AI included, Uh, you get door support, uh, which allows you to turn it into a control surface and run it that way. Studio Manager version 2, O1V96i Cascade link, so you can hook two together. Um, We've created a special URL, which if you're watching the video, you'll be able to see at the bottom, which is uh, bit.ly, so it's a bit.ly URL, slash 0 1 v 9 6 i and that'll take you straight through to the product page where you can check it out but do go to a yamaha store and tell them we sent you and then this this will all get back to them and it'll just make us look great anyway thanks once again for the sponsorship of the show to yamaha um so what do we got next let me have a look here i think uh uh ah yes this was this was this was something that i need to play let me have a look I'll just fast forward it a little bit. all, but uh, that was a blend between uh, Donna Summer, obviously, uh, well, I well started off with Vangelis, theme of Blade Runner, and uh, Blade Runner theme, uh, 1982, and then uh, merged with I Feel Love, uh, which uh, I just, I found this fantastic picture, which I just have to show, which is uh, Donna Summer and um, Giorgio Moroder. Giorgio Moroder looks incredibly lecherous and very pleased with himself, <laughs> but uh, Donna Summer, Looks absolutely discotastically gorgeous, so that's why. But I just wanted to play that. But uh, this was kind of fun, and I, I, um, so anyway, yes, that was 1977. I feel love, and they are remarkably similar in terms of uh, structure. And that was a pretty good rendition there um, by someone called Flame Top Fred, uh, uploaded on February the 20th. Uh, and the strings were what was it? The Yamaha HS8 has nice strings. I didn't know what that was. I've never heard of that. Isn't that a Roland HS8?
1: I, don't know. I think it's an organ, isn't
0: it? Is it an organ? Yeah, and he was do, doing it on his uh, Kawai SR7 organ, which was absolutely massive, great big sort of multi manual thing. But I was thinking, you know, would that would be a really cool thing to have as like sort of uh, entertainment in the hotel foyer, or you know, if you were, I mean, and I mean that in the best possible way, not in the kind of like that's cheesy, but I would kind of, I'd probably sit and listen to that. If it was if it was that rather than kind of Agadoo and all of those other things, I think some there's room in somewhere for somebody to kind of turn up and do kind of classic electro uh, hits. I think
1: only if they're wearing the right attire, which has to be cheesy. I couldn't you couldn't do it sensibly, could you? It has to look like that. Look which, like like that Donna Summer
0: and uh, Georgie Meredy. You could you could see them. In fact, they do look like a bit. I mean, he, she's a bit too good looking to be part of a uh, a sort of cabaret act, but. I, I think him and perhaps somebody else who was a little more tired looking, uh, along with Giorgio as he looks in that picture, would probably just about cut it. <laughs> um, Dave, were you sucking on a eye lock there? I
3: am. Yeah. Is that yeah. is
0: that because you're? Is this the, is this a the, the cigarette replacement for you now? You're trying to say it is. It was just lying
1: around. <laughs> I, just, I just had, it had just
0: to pick it up, up because it's just such an unusual thing to put in one's mouth. Yeah,
1: have you noticed? <laughs> I haven't smoked for months and months. Really. Oh, well done. I haven't done. smoked since June of last year. Well I mean, done. Yeah, what a thug this place was.
0: That's true. And you, how so you yes. feel? you're you looking more healthy.
1: Oh, do you really think so? I yeah, don't. honestly. Um, yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's interesting. That's what it?
0: people have to say, isn't it? You made such an effort. The least I could do is make an effort to kind of just say you look great. Thank you. Do you it's feel great? No. Nope.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> right, over to you then, Gaz. Enjoy if that? To, um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Can,
2: I was just going to say, on a smoking tip, a friend of mine has got uh, the worldwide patent on a certain type of cigarette, which is a cigarette with uh, filters at both ends, and uh, it's a it's an amazing idea. And um, but he, he doesn't really want to he doesn't really want to do it because it's cigarettes. <laughs> but you think, what do you mean, uh, filters at both ends? Well, what it is is, I think he said that seven and a half centimeters is the longest a cigarette can be in the UK. Uh, you know, so, so you get these super kings or whatever. But this one's got, like, filters at the both ends. And in the packet would be a cigar cutter. And basically what it is is you then can cut your single cigarette into two cigarettes. It's got, it's got filters at both ends. Wow. And then, so quite often people will just want to only smoke, like, a little bit, like, for, you know, um two minutes maybe, one minute, Uh so they can just... They can just gauge how long they want their cigarette to be, <laughs> and then when you think about it, it's actually an amazing idea. Except the cigarette packet would be absolutely huge, <laughs> it's like
0: the size of a quiver for arrow, quiver yeah. full of arrows, perhaps. But the yeah.
2: idea you get like forty cigarettes for uh, twenty. Uh... But anyway, that sorry, that was a complete, complete sort of tangent there. But yeah, so his. Um... His uh, motivation for sort of doing anything with it is severely kind of limited now because he's seriously ill from smoking too many cigarettes. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, sorry, that's a complete tangent there. Um,
0: so, would you, yeah. did you enjoy the. Did, did those records. I, I've just. Um, if I come back here, um, Eno apparently said when he first heard I Feel Love, he said it would change the sound of club music for the next 15 years. Uh,
2: certainly, Quite probably certainly, longer. Certainly did that, though, didn't it? Certainly um, did. Yeah. Amazing.
0: Did mm, you do,
2: it, Still sounds great. It does, Sorry. doesn't it? I mean,
0: Georgie Moroda mm. is just is such an enigmatic kind of chap. I really, I really kind of dig his uh, his whole <laughs> thing. I mean, he's so disco. I've got to flip back to that amazing picture again. That's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um,
1: <coughs> it's this kind of came on a really weird day because this morning Kent Spong uh, KSRAE did a, posted a thing on my Facebook, which is basically the Blade Runner theme, almost exactly the same. Uh, but obviously, using, I think he used Imp2 for the sequence bit. Um, in fact, he said that. And obviously, real CS80 and stuff like this. So that was this morning. I woke up to that this morning and kind of went, oh, that's really cool. And then I heard this and went, Do you
0: think it might be a, F- a February the 29th kind of thing? Although could I did, I've four to years. You, although I did actually come up with the idea for this topic before today mm-hmm. just to break that theory a little bit.
1: Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. We can
0: pretend um what was it there was so I, I while I was looking there were some other interesting things um about about this apparently a disagreement uh between vangelis uh, a, a disagreement with with vangelis and I guess the producers of the Blade Runner movie meant that they would he withheld permission for his performance of the music of Blade Runner to be released for uh, for t- It took 12 years before the disagreement was resolved and vangelis 's own work was released in the States in 1994. I think They're I might well, have yeah. bought that because I remember when it was, it was heralded to come out. Uh, apparently, uh, I, but it's just interesting. I, I'm just generally looking at, because I was looking on the Vangelis page, not only that, that nobody knows anything about him considering he's so famous. So well known, nobody knows. there's sort of. It's rumored that he's been married several times, and somebody thinks that one of his wives might have been. So, you know, it's just un- unthinkable that you could be that secret these days.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I the- know that his real name is Frank Ellis.
0: Oh well, of course, I don't
1: know <laughs> Frank Ellis is on the phone for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, and and get this for a bit of trivia: Gos Paul Whiffin, who we all know in this industry, yeah, is playing uh, Van Ellis. I was going to say Frank Ellis in a biop. No, I can. No, I can see that. I can there you see go. that. I, can I only see... found this out the other day. And he works as sound designer on Blade Runner, and uh, works as Frank's sound designer on uh, Blade Runner, and uh, what was the other one? 1840 or something like oh, that. Paul,
0: um, Paul did.
1: Yeah. Really? There you go. I can
0: see him being, um, being, uh, you know, with the old uh, the ruffles and everything. I could see him looking good in that. But did you know? It's not known. To this day, it's not known where Vangelis generally lives. It's stated that he just travels around rather than settling down in one specific place or country for long he periods of in,
1: time. He lives in Albedo, six points, whatever it is. As a hob- <laughs> and
0: as a hobby, he enjoys painting. His first art exhibition toured South America in
2: 2005. Ah. I... My favorite Vangelis sort of fact is the band he was in before he was uh, Aphrodite's Child, yes. Aphrodite's Child and, and like the brilliant uh Four Horsemen that's amazing uh so good and then and the fact that Demis Roussos was the lead singer and bass player of that band. a really kind of cool underground psychedelic prog sort of band. Wow. And uh you know and then you know cuz I heard like that is it who U- la paloma blanca you know he i mean he was like the ultimate cheesemonger wasn't he in the 70s you know and um yeah you know to kind of go from the cheesemonger and hanky dabber
1: i remember though the whole blade runner thing because like there were loads of sort of it wasn't released for years as you said and there were loads of kind of fake versions came out Do you remember that jazz funk trio or Duo called Morrissey Mullen. Um, they the, even had a hit called Blade Runner. Well, apparently, because he's the sax player on the track, isn't ah, he? The, well, the, apparently, the track.
0: New American Orchestra uh, th- that they said but instead of it being released, they they hired a group of musicians dubbed the New American Orchestra to record the official LP that was released at the time. <laughs> so they just basically put together like yeah. a Top of the Pops group, yeah, you know, in the style of, and and released that as the soundtrack, which was just must have been quite. Um, an interesting one, seeing as half the instruments that were required to make it would have been extremely
1: difficult to source, I would have thought. Unbelievable. I remember buying a sort of fake version and thinking, this just sounds horrible. Like mm-hmm. those Top of the Pops albums. Yeah. I used to get on the cheap and then go, that's... That's, that's not
0: them. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like my nan <laughs> on a on a Bon Tempi. <laughs>
2: yeah. i I'm... I'm sort of too young to sort of really understand the real impact of Blade Runner when it first came out uh, in terms of the, the sound of it and the way that people sort of fawn, you know, really uh, how wonderful it was. Because um, uh, I think I was like eight, I think, when it came when Blade Runner came out. But um, it's... Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, hey, guys, I'm 40 in a couple of weeks' time. So I sort of, uh, you know, I'm going to go through a big changes it's the best
0: the best years
2: really yeah behind you
0: no. Uh-huh. <laughs> well no it's interesting I mean it was so what the thing was is it was so ass- atmospheric everything about it the film was incredibly atmospheric Ridley Scott was brilliant of at the atmosphere and it, that's what it created this incredibly it was one of the first very very atmospheric science fiction films that was a kind of total production where the whole thing came together in one I think the word dystopian is bandied around a lot yeah. isn't it in, when it comes to uh, that film which I'm not entirely sure what that means
1: I've got um, every single version of this film. And I went to see it. I can't really say what I went to see it, what I was on when I went to see it. Something it that enhanced the experience for you. Blooming brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I seem to remember falling into a fit of laughter at the beginning, much to everybody else's shuddering. But there you go. Mm. But yeah, no, I've got every single version of it. I love it. Absolutely. It's one of my top fave films.
2: Because there's a fairly recent version of it, isn't it? With the with 5.1 surround sort of and the director's edit uh,
1: yeah yeah the director's cut Ridley Scott incidentally just did a really uh, recently did a brilliant thing called Life in a Day which was uh, I think it was 24th of July Mm. a couple of years ago but I mean again absolutely beautifully edited
2: did did the Peter Gabriel clip make it into that I haven't seen the the finished thing I don't know him singing a note I have
1: seen it all because it's like an hour and a a half long or something right
2: Oh, I didn't know anything about that.
0: Very I cool. D- I did hear um, the other day um, some of the Peter Gabriel orchestral album, which I, you know, read just seen snippets of in the in the press, and people were sort of going, no, oh, it's rubbish." I thought it sounded absolutely amazing. Have you heard it?
3: Some amazing
0: yeah. arrangements and really it's, it's interesting rich. uses of. Uh, perhaps we'll talk about that on a, on. A, I, I was hoping, in fact, because um, obviously he's not far from the up from here, and uh, Rich uh, di- uh, Chapel, his main man, the guy who kind of does all his engineering and kind of produces or co-produces or production assistant. I'm not sure his exact role. He's kind of his Mr. Fix it. He's the wolf to Gabriel's, um, uh, kind of, um, what's the word? Um, uh, Lamb? lamb, no, not lamb. Uh, John Travolta character. That's what I mean. Uh,
2: well, what <laughs> I probably... that, that album was called Scratch My Back, and he was doing lots of covers of other people's songs. Oh, I didn't and hear I- that part. And, and the idea being that it called Scratch My Back, you know, I'll, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing. Uh, expecting it people to then do cover versions of his songs. And I think there's only two people who've actually taken, you know, who he's ah. covered, who've actually sort of done his songs. So they were going to release an album of the other people doing his songs i think there's Uh, been
0: another one since then of his of one of uh, him doing his own i think of him
2: yeah he that was it there's the most recent one of is him going back and doing the same sort of treatment which i think he was hoping other people would have done but uh, well no i thought
0: it was pretty good anyway um uh i forgot what i was gonna say now it's gone but it doesn't matter that was (laughs) still i think that was interesting (laughs) Gaz,
3: carry
2: on (laughs) Right. I just noticed someone in the chat rooms mentioning that uh Cubase 6.5 they're wondering if we've talked about that we haven't it's only literally just come on uh it's today isn't it the, the announcement of 6.5 Cubase. Uh, dave's looking r- very excited about that um <laughs> oh yeah uh, cause
0: you have you have you updated to it
2: Yeah, I've just gone to version 6, but I can't seem to get onto 6.5 yet, so I think, uh, I I don't know if the servers are overloaded, but um, it looks like they've um, stolen Logic's kind of quick swipe function for their uh, comping, which I always thought was Logic's one and only good feature. (laughs) Don't start again. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. but, uh, <laughs> uh, but how, how are
0: you getting on with the Cubase six though? I mean, because you came to it from four, didn't you? We got
2: yeah. I mean, I used Cubase for years and years and years and years and years and years. I dumped it a, um, a couple of years ago because I just got sick of the whole kind of um, dongle business. That's my main kind of beef I've got with Cubase, because um, I do a lot of remote work, and I just really hate the idea that you lose your dongle. And you have to buy the software again, even if you could be registered with them and whatever. Um, it just seems to be just, you know. And then I'd be locked out of all my projects, and it's just too. It's just too bigger kind of thing. I know other other software uses dongles or whatever, but a lot of the kind of doors have abandoned the dongle as being a little bit kind of. Um, it's a bit punishing to the end user. <laughs> yeah, quite right too. Dongle. Um, so yeah, I kind of was hoping that they would drop the dongle or at least do what. Um, I know some companies let you do like the E-Soft dongle. Uh, dongle. I know that uh, the Arturia ones let you sort of install it to a virtual dongle in- that's tied to the hardware of the particular computer. Uh, I mean, that would be fine, you know, sort of if I have just had it on my laptop. And then, um, but you see, now I've damaged my laptop, my brand oh, new MacBook, yeah, and I've burnt out two of my USB ports on there. So, um, you know, yes, I know.
0: you should be able to get that replaced i mean it's under warranty take it they should be able to just swap uh, it out oh no have i started no all right okay
2: let's not i I did this thing i put the ssd drive in my in my computer i took out the optical drive i did this thing uh, Uh, where i and that actually voids my warranty so i'm sort of uh can't you just put
0: the drive back in again and pretend you haven't voided your warranty
2: what happened when they burnt my USB drive, I had this data disk in there. I ripped the drive apart out of annoyance. I mean, it was five o'clock in the morning and I was in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes. Mm. Uh,
0: yes, as uh, as your headset just said, uh, well, now you said it online anyway, so that's kind of, um...
2: oh, well. <laughs> oh, yeah, in the public. But coming back to Cubase, though, coming back to Cubase, having not used it or certainly investigated new versions of it for a while, I kind of realized a lot of the reasons why I was happy to sort of jump ship with it in a way. I feel uh, (laughs) it does have lots of good features. It really does. But, um, you know, um, as many of you know, I do use Reaper for a lot of the things and you get used to certain functions that Reaper has got and coming back to something that doesn't have that, it makes you kind of uh, feel quite frustrated. I mean, one of the great things with Reaper is just being able to sort of uh, just send channels any way you want and just sort of in, embed folders within folders and and uh, and a whole host of really kind of useful stuff that's really become a, an integral part of my workflow now. Well, so,
0: somebody in the chat room, uh, Logic MD, says <laughs> Reaper rocks, woot, 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 so there's somebody with you there, and with a name <laughs> like Logic MD, I mean, you know, what more can you say? <laughs>
2: But I mean, you know, Reaper isn't perfect either in the way that it's no. still got kind of... Well, so the, the, sure.
0: thing, the thing that I find with Reaper, I generally get it, but there's a barrier because I go there and I think I need to do that and it's like, I just don't know how to do it. So I go back to logic, which I know better. You know, it's, yeah. it's down to, those are the issues that you get with a lot of these things, isn't it? You yeah, just it's, of, true.
2: it's true, it's true. Like, um,
0: I need to do this now. Oh, I can't. I'll have to do it another way. The only, I'll tell you, the only thing that's really, really annoying me is um, I had to install AutoMap for something and now all my doors, apart from Reaper go through this ridiculously long convoluted automap boot up that i don't seem to be able to get rid of and i must i must sort of spend some time on getting it off the system because i don't
2: use it so um i've uh, had the same problem and it is a you know i think automap you know it promised i mean i i had like the sl the the new uh, the new
0: version is good um it's just i don't use it so uh, it just it just gets in the way of my boot up which is a bit annoying you know i like i want it to be now fast Mm. as we know
2: Yes, and uh, the, the big news with Reaper right now is uh, just in the pre-release version it does have OSC support. So that is ah, actually very exciting from finally because uh, it didn't
0: really it wasn't very good on the control surface stuff up to that
2: No, it? no, because I was always having to rely on I think uh, well, I think the I, I'm not entirely sure, but um, I mean I've got various kind of control surfaces which work in Reaper, but in a very sort of uh, perfunctory way, really. Um, so at least now with OSC, it does kind of open the doors to a whole bunch of sort of uh, being able to develop lots of things for it, which I'm uh, I'm currently doing actually so Absolutely. i'm i'm really exploring exploring aspects of that uh so that's that's quite cool but uh, yeah it's just just to return back to cubase though uh, and looking at the features the new features in version 6.5 there is a couple of uh, synthesizers um there's one called uh let's look a uh, retrolog, uh and there's another one called uh pad shop which is like some sort Sorry? of annual pad, pad, pad shop yeah, which is like a granular synthesis uh, kind of thing. Um, and I don't know if anyone else has tried them. I was quite underwhelmed with the, the synths that have been in the, the last few versions of Cubase. They're a bit dark, a bit dreary to kind of work with. I don't know. Um, these ones, I mean, and also a little bit odd, whereas the new one here, this retrolog, looks pretty standard, sort of yeah. uh, kind of... Analog synth, styly, uh, and the the uh, pad shop looks pretty cool. Looks pretty cool. Looks like it, it might be able to do some groovy stuff. And uh, there's a bunch of new plugins, and there's the uh, guitar VST amp rack, which looks quite good. Um, that is supposed to
0: be pretty good, actually, isn't it? The, hmm. the vST right? That's one thing yeah. that they've.
2: Uh... Yeah. So uh, I shall try this out. Um, but you know, I mean, I guess you know they've. Uh, it's 6.5 this is a free update for people who've got version 6 so i guess it represents pretty good value for money in that respect you know or
0: <laughs> well it's always nice to have a major update I mean, I mean it used to be the day when i would kind of be quite excited by store updates because i'd be thinking oh yeah. now it'll do loads but now i, I don't really care <laughs> but that's probably because i'm not working so uh, it's not so important to me yeah i don't um, know dave you does any of this mean anything to you i mean is there does it does it change anything for, as far as you know plugins goes from support and what have you, or should it all be pretty much straightforward, sail,
1: plain sailing, and all that kind of thing? Never use the word plain sailing okay, uh, yes. when it comes to an update. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we'll have to. You know we. I have to say, we. I only use Cubase for testing, and inevitably, there's something at some point during some update. I did see a really fantastic quote. Yesterday, was it? It wasn't to do with Cubase. It was to do with Apple and their, what's it called? Billy Goat Mountain Lion. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Goat Gruff. I think they should do Billy Goat
3: Gruff. Oh, oh, they? They do, they well, somebody
1: do... said they should port out, they should be made to port out every single audio. This is a developer who will remain nameless, but they should. Apple should be made to port out every single one of their effects and instruments as audio units and then be forced to update them, just to see if they can keep up with their own updates. Hmm.
0: I think we should also start a plan so that anything to do with the the net... Let's forget Mountain Lion, will have uh, Mountain Goat or Billy Goat, and then every single kind of new feature can have some kind of uh, reference to the... uh, uh, the bridge, the troll, uh, trip-trapping, <laughs> trapping, you know, all that, and we could just uh, see if we can get it in. I think that's a challenge to the people at Apple to kind of name things humorously in that sense.
2: And um, One thing about Cubase, which is worth mentioning, is the new version, rather, is that it's got uh, direct support for SoundCloud built in, which I think the reason why I wanted to mention that is it does actually kind of uh, show that SoundCloud has really has completely established itself as the de facto kind of um you know music audio based web you know sharing facility really um you know after many years of just being in the background you know uh i think everyone you know its support is pretty wide now isn't it you know and just being able to have you know single click sort of uploaders to you know uh, to soundcloud sort of built in just taking out that extra layer of well I, I,
0: we now have in fact thanks to soundcloud we now have a you know premium podcast account with xml feeds and everything that's going mm-hmm. uh, to work with itunes i'm just waiting for them to uh come up with a, a way that i can import all the previous versions of sonic talks mm. the, the the last one you, you have to hand code it and to be honest the thought of uploading 257 um uh, podcasts and notes and, and tagging it all didn't really appeal to me as a kind of uh, something I would want to do of an evening. But I'm hoping that, that we can just take an RSS feed and then just pull it all in and I can add apply text. to it. So please SoundCloud, I'm very happy you give me the account, but now can I actually use it? Because I, I can't obviously use it I've already said this, haven't I? I think if I start using it, then all the previous versions, all the previous episodes will
2: not be in the RSS feed, which will be useless. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Cubase also now uh, FLAC, native FLAC support, so you can actually record... To black internally, and I think is it about sixty percent saving of uh, oh, does that of is space? that any hit on? Uh,
0: I wonder if that's a hit on performance because it's got a, hmm. I wonder, or it.
2: I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, Gosh. I mean Reaper is wonderful in that department. It really lets you record into any format you set, you know, that you want. And uh, WAV pack, for instance, which I think is not a widely used format, but then um, you get a pretty good reduction of. Um, of uh space when you use wavpack um i think that's around a similar rate i think to flac um but you know i guess if you're working with a laptop and you've got limited sort of drive space and doing a lot of uh a lot of recording then um you know recording to a compressed format providing that there's not a big cpu hit i think it's very attractive
0: yeah well it could be um i'm not sure that you know because i mean hard drive space isn't exactly what you call a premium it's not premium real estate is it i suppose if you didn't want to have it uh, as an external hard drive, I suppose that could be an issue. Hmm. Anyway, um, I was going to say we have, we now have. Uh, there's our last topic. Thanks for dropping that in, by the way, Gaz, because I, I missed that one. So um, thanks for giving us the the facts there as they came <laughs> in. Uh, this one was um, this I found really quite interesting just because of the uh um the implications. Now, is it going to work?
3: Yes. In this video, I'm going to talk about stochastic drum programming is like normal step sequencing, but with a twist. So let's go ahead and get this started. So it's running, the little dot shows you where in the pattern it's currently being played. So in normal drum programming, you would set a step. And you can hear that when it's all the way up to green, it hits every time, and the black, of course, is never playing. But if we put it part way in between, you can hear that it only strikes intermittently. So that's the difference, is that you can set it to strike always, to not strike, or to strike some of the time. So that doesn't really sound good. But we can uh, create a pattern. Let that's it, you can like that. your imagination run wild. Of course you're going to want to do it with a much more advanced pattern. So here's an example of something that's a little bit more complex.
0: Now this was really interesting. I'm not sure if there was enough of that video to actually give us the uh, the full kind of demonstration of how it worked. But uh, stochastic or stochastic, we we looked at that before. There was uh, I forget the name of this the uh, software that we did, which is essentially the process that apl- is applied to human input that randomizes it. And as far as drumming goes. I just thought it was brilliant because essentially you can program like a two, a one or two bar beat and just have it randomise around various premises. And I thought, what a great idea! I mean, I've I've sort of tried mm. to do this in the past with sort of uh, MIDI processing and what have you, and 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 mod wheel fade ups for. Arpeggiators on certain notes and all that sort of thing, and just thought, great. And you can add swing and what have you. I did try and download it myself, but uh, it needs iOS five, unfortunately. Um, mm. But I can see that Gaz has uh, <laughs> has already got it. I think we're going to have to have this one for the uh, for the uh, Sonic Touch Nine, definitely, because it looks okay. pretty good to
2: me. It's pretty good. I have to say, there's some really annoying things about the actual app design. Um, now I'm a real. <laughs> App aficionado, uh, the thing itself is nice. It's really quick to use, you know, and you know, and you can just, just click, just click and drag, sort of thing. And and it certainly is a good thing from a multi-touch perspective um a few little irritating things so it's like if you want to create a new pattern you have to name the pattern first and i think anytime things like that happen it really sort of what do you want to how do you what what do you call a pattern you know what i mean i just want to go new pattern and just start working i don't have to sort of engage my brain in naming it Um, uh, but when you hear it and once it's all going it is pretty it's pretty groovy i think it's got um you know, and it's quite a simple idea, and you kind of think, oh. Really
0: simple. I mean, very simple yeah. interface, as you said. Mm. Yeah. Uh, have, I mean, you, actually- have you ever done anything like this yourself? I mean, because obviously to had, add random elements to any kind of programming, because I mean, you know, if you're doing it in a linear kind of door, you make a pattern, then you move it along, and you modify it, you move another one, you, you just sort of do it that way. With well, this, it's all built into the single pattern. It just seems like a, such a, a brilliantly simple concept for as far as drum goes. Have, have you ever had. Have you, how do you do variations when you're doing it? You know, outside of using, say, stochastic or stochastic.
2: And the way I've done it is, I've I've taken, um, like in Ableton Live, and and in the, the the session view, I've taken many many versions of virtually the same drums, uh, but with like various slight differences, and then just used the kind of the launch facility within Cubase, where you can kind, sorry, within Ableton Live, where you can kind of give launch different parameters to each of the different clips. So, for instance, you know, you can sort of set... uh, So it'll randomly change. It'll play just like a beat from one, and then it'll jump to another one and play a beat from that one. And then when there's slight sort of subtle variations, a few extra beats in some... (coughs) you know you just set it off and then it'll just play a completely That's random not... yeah and it's brilliant that works really well I've used it's, that... it's
0: quite a lot of work to set up though I'd imagine.
2: Uh, well the way I would do it, it was using sort of something like uh, the the MIDI light if I wanted to do sort of just quick wanting to make it sound like real live drums. I would use something like the MIDI library within uh, Easy Drummer, and then in in, and within Easy Drummer, you've got like the same drum beat uh, uh, with loads of variations. So I just literally grab them, make a stack of them within the session view, and as and as I say, you can like group select them, and then open up the launch, uh, the launch uh, things, and set and say set, yeah for it to change every beat and for it to change. Oh, okay. To a random, a random one other than itself. So, right. so there, yeah. So when you play it, then and it really does. It does make it very dynamic, and 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 you don't get what I call loop schmoop, that thing where yeah. it's the same drum and it just kind of, you know, it keeps it kind of it's moving. Almost, almost
0: subtle, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, what's uh, what's your thinking about this? I mean, it looks like a really cool idea, does it not? I mean, it really does kind of seem to be brilliantly, blindingly simple and obvious.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. The uh, interface looks. Identical to the original i drum, right. Which I always thought yeah. was really cool, actually. Uh, you know, really simple, really intuitive. Uh, yeah, did you guys have obviously covered this on a previous cast that I wasn't in?
0: Oh, sorry, stochastic. Yeah, there was another synthesizer which I forget what it was. It was a couple. Uh, chat room probably remember. Uh, it was just a synthesizer, and I've forgotten what it's called. Available in Mac that was called a st- mm. and it was basically granular synth with stochastic or stochastic principles so they would you'd get these kind of randomization of various parts on aspects of the sound that would allow it to to kind of evolve in an unusual way
1: okay yeah cool no i mean certainly drums i know guys who've been looking at this from a kind of programming angle for years and years and years and actually it's quite a difficult thing to hone down with drums because either things could can...
3: They're either right or they're wrong, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I do
1: do think... I mean, I use Stylus RMX a lot. and In fact, you can just copy the MIDI file for the slices across the Logic and stuff, and I'll go in and kind of edit little beats and hits and stuff like that. Nine times out of ten, it's Dynamics, and they have a lot of variations and stuff. And I have to say, I think out of everything I've tried... I did a thing, in, uh, it was in 7.8 and I just took this 4.4 four pattern and just put it into 7.8 and it was like, whoa, this works. And actually you can vary the degree of um, of you know, the kind of subtlety from very subtle to hideously unsubtle. And actually I think the, you know it's one of the things I love about Spectrosonic stuff is that it's very musical. For me it just seemed to work. But yeah, anything that kind of pushes it a little further and takes that idea is uh, a good thing, especially with drums. Like. Hmm.
0: So is, yeah. is, is that the way that you would have done it up to now, or you do it now, is using Stylus RMX and then cutting up the the, the MIDI slices and, and doing it that way?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can grab a piece and, you know, obviously move it around the grid and you just, I mean, I, obviously, as a drummer, I understand the subtleties of drumming, and uh, so I kind of know where to position stuff on the grid and stuff like that, and then overdub stuff and whatnot. Like Gaz said, so you don't get that. What was that phrase you used? Loop? Loop schmoop i like that i'm gonna use that but yeah very uh, good very simple this look you know simple enough
2: yeah it's good it is good it, it, it comes with i mean i think it costs two pound 99 so i mean you know it, it's
0: cheap yeah uh, it's i think cheap. it's three not uh, three pounds 13 or something i think i i saw i was trying to buy it this morning and uh, okay. i couldn't because it said you can't because your ios device isn't isn't oh. up and i and as i still i've still got this issue where i've got a um my ipad won't connect to my laptop won't get recognized and i have to do something so that then i can update the old is but i'm a bit nervous about doing that until i know yeah loop schmoop there's a podcast title thank you very much <laughs>
2: yeah and um, i just one thing that is pretty cool the the statistic as far as I know, st- 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 would say st-
0: stochastic because that's what he says stochastic. in the video. Okay,
2: stochastic process is just uh, a, a posh way of saying sort of um, random. random. yeah. Uh, but you, I, can you see that there? And if I just play you this, have to hold st- it
0: up at sort of head height because that's roughly where.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and if I was to start that, I've just put the thing on the snare. So the higher it up, the higher up it is, the more likely, the it higher is probability. It, yeah. Yeah, the higher the probability, and then. Uh, you know, obviously the lower the, and then if it goes all the way up and it becomes green, then it will play Definitely, every time. Yeah. yeah, So you know, as, as it starts, hold so, it up, a bit further up. That's it. Now, what you can also do then is you can actually apply that principle to uh, velocities as well. So, you know, yeah, so if you put that on, then it'll modify the gain with chance as well.
0: Uh, that's interesting. I, I, one of the things that they're saying in the chat room, actually, um, it'd be great if once it gets MIDI out, should be really interesting. Actually, um, he's already said, the guy who uh, runs it, which uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Ext, what is it? It's called uh, X exitive.com he said the first update will include MIDI out and it's also uh, got um, uh, just quickly it's got a thousand samples included unlimited patterns of songs you can import it's audio copy paste it's got a whist as well so you can wirelessly sync which could be pretty handy uh, particularly for you know for running random stuff precise entry of exact quantities uh 15 samples 32 voices touch pads or sequence sliders instead of knobs I'm
2: on the, uh, oh, yep. Go on, sorry uh, i was gonna say on the subject of wist wist for those who you don't know is like a kind of cog proprietary technology which is for doing while it stands for wireless stop start and it's um oh sorry wireless sync technology it stands for but it so it means that like if you've got like maybe an iphone and an ipad and, you book, and you're running apps that have got wist on it you start it on one and it'll and the other one will start and it'll stay in sync um there's an app called loopy uh which me and Nick, like uh, it's a, it's like a kind of loop station type app, and I noticed on the forum the uh, the guy said he will not support Wist because it's Korg trying to sort of hijack an existing sort of MIDI protocol, um, which uh, which is well, which works perfectly well already, which is just using like a uh, MIDI,
0: yeah, MIDI clock, clock. <laughs> and yeah. start <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah.
2: yeah. So you know, he's saying it's kind of Korg just trying to sort of steal you know, uh, like put a proprietary sort of um, spin on something which is already an existing thing, so they're not going to say it. Okay, that's
0: what I'm going to try and do. I'm, I'm desperately coming up with a product which is basically somebody going over there and filming products and kind of turning it into an event and having a, a posh name for it so that we could sell it to manufacturers as a service. <laughs> I'm still working okay. on the, what that's going to be, but yeah, <laughs> that's... Okay. Yeah. But yeah.
2: I just thought it was quite interesting just because it's a little bit, a bit controversial area. Um, mm. But yeah, so... But, I mean, WIST is cool in that way, though. Oh, well, it Wist... worked. I
0: mean, the fact that it worked was, I mean, because we used it with uh, Chaosolator and what have you, didn't you? And the IMS-20. Um, we well, When We did a demo. I forget what it was. it it um, Episode
2: 7 or Episode 6? I forget which. I think it was an earlier one than that. Maybe but, 5. Um, yes, but, uh, but we didn't. It wasn't like a kind of completely infallible technique, though, was it. It, it? it was sort of... Um... No, it took a little bit. Well, that was more down to the Bluetooth, I think. Hmm. Yes, I, d- uh, I, d-
0: I do like the idea of this, and I, I'm kind of intrigued. I'm 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 going to try and up upgrade again, uh, upgrade to five because I, I, the idea of this kind of idea of variation, because as you both demonstrated in your description of how you would in uh, get variation into your patterns, you know it's a pain. It's quite a complex and sort of long winded process. So something like this could really uh you know just be quite an interesting way for adding variations and kind of you know making our job a bit easier because i mean you don't have to use it for the entire pattern but cer- certainly for say like you know just timings and variation on hi hat patterns so there's just a little bit of give and take in it because that's one area for me where uh, where it really does get noticed. If you pr- if you, That's why I choose, usually when I'm programming, I try and humanly program hi-hats for as long as I possibly can get away with before it starts to sound rubbish so that it feels alive. I mean, that's just the way I tend to work that way. So something like this, I think is going to be pretty interesting. Um, I think I've got a web shot of it. So yeah, that's uh, Stochastic Mix... Uh, It's stochastic, or stochastic, uh, S-T-O-C-H-A-S-T-I-K, dot exitive. Sounds a bit like laxative, that, but I'm sure that's Mm -hmm. just a... Stochastic
1: just sounds a bit like sarcastic. I think that's a great Mm -hmm. name for an instrument. A sarcastic (laughs) instrument. (laughs) Stochastic drum machine.
0: Sarcastic (laughs) drums. Sarcastic drums, what a great idea. Yeah,
2: Brilliant. If only uh, DM One would integrate that technology, that would be fantastic. Because DM One on the iPad is just just turning into such an awesome drum machine. So, you know, to, to bring this well, it sort of actually does in a little way. Now, DM One's got a really cool sort of randomizing function. That's actually that's actually pretty cool. Mm. Uh, but not not quite as not quite as not quite what this is. Um, what I was hoping with this, the stochastic thing was though that it would. I was hoping that it would draw from a, a different different sample pools as well you know i think you can oh what you mean so you just the sounds that you do get with it
0: are new rather than just the same old ones yeah, that you get everywhere else
2: that would be ace That would you know if yeah. you could sort of like allocate maybe 10 different hi-hats and then it would just randomly jump up you know that's I'm what i was hoping but when i actually found it, i thought oh yeah well it's actually a very simple drum machine with some very irritating sort of aspects of uh, programming well uh
1: yeah. that's this- in the
0: works apparently um
2: Ah, cool. Says okay, John Awise in the chat room. I think it's you know I think I think I, I think that the basic principle is good and it definitely does sound good and the big library you get with it is fantastic and then when you get to the point that it's only like a few quid then yeah. you know again criticisms become kind yeah, of yeah but it, it, uh, it
0: brings up more an interesting point which is you know as these the, you know it's almost the 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 iPad and other touch devices are going to can be can be maybe drum drum machines are going to be kind of back in vogue again because you can make one without having to design you know without having to design the hardware but it 's all about the way that the that the programming underneath works and that 's quite an interesting concept in that sense so that you know we 'll end up with lots of interesting little drum type devices because it seems like it 's a perfectly uh, adapted technology because essentially when you press go there 's time in the process for everything to be lined up and unlocked so it's it 's just hmm. like a really good um way of utilising this technology perhaps
1: Hmm. Um, Chaos Designer is the thing in RMX that I was looking for Chaos Designer
0: yeah I remember that Ah. I've got I actually own Stylus RMX I used it quite a lot on uh Uh, a couple of albums, but uh, it's not on this machine anymore and I haven't got around to reinstalling it um, in any shape, but I I probably should, although it's a little extra.
2: You can do the chaos uh, designer thing in the Omnisphere on on arpeggiators and Mm. sort of get some very interesting sort of rhythmical, uh, you know, well, uh, uh, sorry, uh, envelopes. So you can do these kind of chaos envelopes um, with certain parameters that you can make lots of random interesting stuff with.
1: I just get the idea with this that um, every time I've mucked about with it, it is musical. And for me, that's kind of critical. I think so many things are kind of math-driven. Sometimes you get the idea that the engineer or programmer hasn't actually sat down with a musician and go, does, is this valid in any way? Any yeah.
2: <laughs> actually, yeah. To be fair, when you actually get, when you first get the stochastic drum machine and you just, uh, and it comes like pre, you know, it's lo- like some demo song is loaded in from the start, like it's like a drum and bass kind of thing, and you fire it off and it's just kicking and it sounds really good, actually. And you think, whoa, that was quite, that was, that was a very impressive aspect of it. Um, and makes you realize that it does have very, very good musical as mm. very good musical kind of uh potential really um, excellent hmm.
0: well um i've got to uh, sign off in a minute because i'm now walking home i'm trying walking to and from the office because i feel it's probably good for me uh, <laughs> <laughs> the brisk 25 minute walk to and from so i think i'm going to which means i've got have got a knock on the head it seems like the stream is all held up so um look for uh, we should have a really high quality version of this on the uh on YouTube um, later on, because this is actually going to be... um, Well, it's just going to be good, because I've now recorded it at high res, which, uh, hopefully, that's all cool. So, anyway, that's it for Sonic Talk number 257. Remember, this is the first time that's been on February the 29th that I can remember. And uh, the next time will be in 2040. So mm-hmm. savor it.
2: Wow! So what will we it. be talking about then?
0: Yeah, um, hemorrhoids, rheumatism, <laughs> bad eyesight, <laughs> <laughs>
2: that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, will we still be dealing with MIDI?
0: I don't know. That's a good Probably. question. That's an interesting thought. <laughs> that would be a good topic, actually. I wish I'd thought of that earlier. Or <laughs> wish, I, oh, anyway. So, guys, <laughs> thank you very much for joining me. Uh, that was Gaz William from SongSurgeon.co.uk, also co-host of uh, the I- It's. Uh, the ipad and music sonic touch show that we uh, we do and also thank you very much to dave spears from g4software.com is right there oh, that's me isn't it thank you dave spears uh, and um great to have you back we've missed you i know you've been you probably be doing more fun stuff so that's fair enough but uh, don't do that again please okay <laughs> i'll try not to. right okay. cheers then thank you very thank much you. Uh, it's a wrap i'm going to finish with this lovely picture of um Moroda. moroder